0: About to hear an anointed, powerful word that will change your life from Treasure Coast Victory Center. Be blessed as your faith goes from one level of glory to another level of glory. All right, take your Bible. Go to First John, chapter two. First little John, chapter 2. Father, I thank you for your word tonight. I thank you for this wonderful opportunity to give out the wisdom and knowledge that you've placed on the inside of me by your spirit. I thank you, Father, that I will relay it to their understanding so it opens their eyes, lets them see things that they never saw before, hear things they never heard, and advance further and closer in the kingdom of God to you. Father, I thank you for your word this morning. Holy Ghost, hallelujah. I just, yeah, you know what I want. You know what I do, Holy Ghost, Hallelujah. Thank you, in Jesus' name. First John chapter 2. We're going to start talking, uh, we talked about the prophetic over the last few weeks, we're going to start talking about the anointing this morning. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And uh, the anointing is a subject it's very hard to ever quit on because once you get started on it, you get more anointing to understand more things and then you want to share more things. So we'll just start, see where we go. First John chapter 2, look at verse 27. All right, it says, But the anointing which you have received of him abides where? Amen. And you shall not that any man teach you, but as the same anointing teaches you how many things? All. All things and is truth and is no lie, and even as it has taught you, you shall abide in him. Now the first thing I, I want to explain this morning is the anointing. People call it the anointing, they call it many things. The anointing of God is basically the ability of God, it is the power of God Himself. Basically, in the Bible, it's called Christ. How I many know oh Christ is the power of God? Christ means the anointing. Jesus Christ, Christ is not Jesus' last name. Jesus is his name, and it's Jesus the anointed because it's Jesus Christ. So you could say, I'm Tom Christ, and you're Joe Christ, and you're Betty Christ. Why? Because once you got born again, you now have an anointing. Say, I have. I have. Notice it says, but the anointing which you have received, say, receive. Now, this anointing that you get, which is the Holy Spirit, which is Christ, which is the power of God that resides on the inside of you, you have to receive that, but you receive it not to get it, but to activate it. In other words, whether you got faith or not, whether you have the anointing this morning, you've got it. He's already said that. So I'm not going to believe God till I get the anointing, because I've already got the anointing according to the Word of God, but I've got to believe I have it in order to activate what's already been given to me. If you don't activate the things in your life, they'll sit there dormant. How many of you know that? I mean, there's the nine gifts of the Spirit. You may have never operated in any of them, but that doesn't mean you don't have the gifts of the Spirit. It just means you never operated in any of them because the Holy Ghost has all nine, and sometime He may want to use that in an area of your life, but how many know you know that you have to submit to that in order to use that? So here it says, you have an anointing. Say, I have, I have the anointing. All right, look at verse 20. It says, but you have an unction from the Holy One, and you know what? All things. All things. Isn't that interesting? Hallelujah. So you have, once again, the anointing, you have an unction, you have the ability on the inside of you. Don't matter if you got born again yesterday, 30 years ago, 50 years ago, the anointing of God resides on the inside of you. The power of God, it is in there. And it's not normal power, it is supernatural ability of God himself who's on the inside of you. When Jesus was on the earth, he did not do things because he was God. He did things because he was a man anointed by God. And a lot of religions will teach people, well, that was Jesus. Well, that was Jesus. Well, how many know that was Jesus, but that wasn't Jesus doing it simply because he was God. It was because he was a man anointed by the Holy Ghost. So if he was a man anointed by the Holy Ghost and operated in the power of God, you are now a man or woman anointed by the And you can do the same things that he did not come here to show you what you couldn't do. He came here to show you what you could do. When the church got born again and got the power of God. So you have an anointing. Say, I have an anointing. I have an anointing. All right. Praise God. Go to Isaiah chapter 27. <laughs> <laughs> they do that when they get to a million every time. They get all excited. <laughs> they start shouting and screaming and getting all. I don't know. It doesn't bother most of us because we were expecting two million and only got a million, so we're going home a little bit now. All right. Isaiah chapter 10. Isaiah 10. What's that? Well, now I said 10. (laughs) What's the problem here? (laughs) We have an issue here. Jeez, I may go to 9 or 8 yet now, just for spite. Now, 10's it, Isaiah chapter 10. Look at verse 27. Oh, it's a tough crowd this morning, I'm telling you what. I'm just going to look at the poinsettias and enjoy myself up here this morning. All right, look at verse 27. And it shall come to pass in that day that his burden shall be taken away from off your shoulder, And his yoke from off of your neck, and that yoke shall be destroyed because of what? Now notice, this is an Old Testament prophecy. Isaiah is prophesying about a day in advance. He says, in that day, say in that day. Now we don't read it that way because we are in that day. See, this was before that. Back in the Old Testament, people didn't know hardly anything about the anointing of God. Only certain people were anointed. The prophet, priest, and the king were the only ones who had the anointing of God, and that anointing came upon them. So notice the people had no idea about what the anointing was. All they knew was bondage. They were very good at understanding bondage and yokes because most people were in bondage and yokes at that time. But notice here it talks about something stronger than burdens, stronger than yokes, stronger than aids, stronger than any sickness and it calls it here the anointing say the anointing now here it is the church has got to come to a place where it starts magnifying the anointing rather than sickness a lot of churches magnify the devil all the time well the devil's doing this well the devil's doing that yeah well the anointing will do this and the anointing will do that too praise god so we've got to see and magnify the anointing of god because here it says the anointing that you have is bigger than any burden or any yoke that the enemy can possibly put on you. You've already got the ability to walk in the anointing that you have in your life, and you can live totally free in every single area of your life because you have an anointing. Say, I have have. An an anointing. Now, in that day they were prophesying a time in the future where the anointing was going to come and when the anointing came then we would have power and authority over sickness disease lack worry fear all those things so since we're living in that day now it really doesn't make sense to have the anointing and the bondage there'd be no reason for that why because we've got the anointing that's bigger than the bondage that's stronger every place the anointing run into the bondage in the new testament the anointing won It was never a tie. It was never a close battle. Whenever Jesus released the anointing of God, sickness and disease got broken off. People got delivered. People got saved. And it was because in that day there was coming something called the anointing. Say the anointing. Now, if the anointing is that important in your life, it's, it's very important that you stay in that anointing. You don't lose the anointing, but you've got to stay in that anointing. That's why the Bible talks so much about living in love, joy, peace, patience. Why is that? That's what keeps the anointing hot on the inside of you. You cannot live in unforgiveness. It shuts down the anointing. If it shuts down the anointing, you're going to end up in bondage. Are you following? So what is it? Why am I going to sin no more? Why do I want to be tempted? Why can I stay out of it? Because I'm not going to get out of that anointing. Ain't nothing going to take the anointing from me. Ain't nothing going to make me angry. Ain't nothing going to make me offended. Ain't nothing going to do this stuff because the anointing I have is more important to me than anything else in my life. So I choose to walk in love no matter what, but you don't know what they said about you. Hey, the anointing's more important than what they said about me. I'll tell you right now, this anointing is important in my life. Why, because it breaks every yoke and every bondage and it helps me walk free. It can get you into a place where sickness and disease can't come near you anymore, where your finances start to grow and prosper into a place where you can't even find out where they're all coming from. That's what the anointing does in your life. It's an important thing that you have on the inside of you, but you have to learn to walk in that anointing. And back here, how many know the anointing one isn't available? People said, I'd love to live in the Old Testament. Go. I want to live in the day of the anointing. I want to live in the day when I've got the power of God on the inside of me, and I can walk in power, and I can use that anointing not only in my life, but in the life of other people who are around me. Praise God. So I have the anointing of God. Say, I have have the anointing of God God on the inside of me. me. Now, here's the thing. The Spirit of God and the anointing is real. Just because you don't have a goosebump that day does not mean you don't have it anymore. Not only is the Holy Ghost and the anointing real, but let me tell you what, bondage is real. Yes. And you can't see bondage, you just see the effects yes. of the bondage. Well, the Holy Ghost, you can't see, but you can see the effects of the Holy Ghost that's in your life. The Holy Ghost basically is is tangible. He can be felt. How many of you know that? There's times you don't feel him and there's times that you do feel him. You get in a corporate anointing like this and the power of God will hit you. You'll get goosebumps, you'll praise and worship or whatever. You'll feel the anointing of God, but that is not the indicator whether you have the anointing or not. The Word is the indicator whether you have anointing of God. And the Word already said you have an anointing on the inside of you that abides with you forever. So I have the anointing. What about when I go to the grocery store? Do do I still have it? Still there, isn't it? How about when I wake up on Monday morning? Still there, isn't it? See, so I want to protect that anointing. I want to learn how to operate in that anointing on the inside of me, the Spirit of God in me, the Christ in me. I want to be able to follow and flow with that anointing because the anointing will lead and guide you in all directions and it shows that it'll teach you all things. Say all things. all things. And notice, the anointing is bigger than natural things. When Jesus spoke to the fig tree and released the anointing, how many know it died? Yeah. It was something supernatural that nobody saw, it went right into the roots of that thing. How many know when he released the anointing and told the wind and the wave, which are natural, to stop? How many know they did? Why is that? Because what you have is bigger than the natural realm. Therefore, you have to focus on the bigger thing in you rather than the natural realm around you because the natural realm will steal the power. I mean, you know, he took a few fish and a few this and prayed and released the anointing of God and they had enough to feed five. You know how many people 5,000 is? I mean, we just read over that. And everybody ate and there was baskets left over and blah, 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 blah. But 5,000 people. Now, I don't know how many you had to your house for Thanksgiving. Your turkey might have not made it through 10. But 5,000 people, how many know that's the anointing of God? What is the anointing of God on the inside of you for? It's to help you and meet your needs and the needs of other people around you, basically to set them free from yokes and from burdens. So what you have is bigger than what you're going through right now. I don't care if it's financially. I don't care if it's emotionally. I don't care what it is. Whatever you have on the inside of you is bigger than what's going on in the natural realm. It's bigger than the election. It's bigger than what you even see going on in the election right now. There's stuff behind the scenes that you may never know that's going on right now. And that's because the anointing of God is being operated and agreed upon and allowed to flow into different things. All right, go to Psalm 92. Say, I have have. the anointing. All right, Psalm 92, look at verse 10. It says, but my horn shall be exalted like the horn of a unicorn, and I shall be anointed with what? Fresh oil. oil. Now, when you study the Old Testament, you're going to find out that a lot of times a type and shadow of the Spirit of God or the anointing and power you have is oil. That's what they used back then. Oil was a type and shadow of the Spirit of God in the natural realm. So if you're going to study the anointing, you don't only study the the New Testament. You can go back and study in the Old Testament and see what the oil, which was the Holy Ghost and the power back then did. And then you can start to operate in the oil, basically, which is the anointing of God. Are you following me? All right, go to Exodus 29. Exodus 29, are you there? It's there, it's in the Old Testament. If you're looking in the New, you're going to be looking quite a while. All right, Exodus 29. Look at verse 7. It says, Then shall thou take the anointing oil and pour it upon his head and anoint him. Once again, remember oil and the anointing are the same in the Old Testament. Then shall thou take the anointing oil and pour it upon his what? Head. And anoint him. Say upon his, head. upon his head. All right, the first thing I want you to understand about the anointing, basically, it deals in in order. The anointing deals in order. In other words, here it says the anointing, and you read about it in the Bible, is almost always poured on the head. So the anointing of God in the Old Testament was poured upon the head. head. All right, we have a local church. The local church basically has a head. Not two heads, not three heads, not five heads, not six heads. They may have a council. They may have people who counsel for them or help them, but there should only be one head. What is poured upon the head will then flow down to the body. That's why if you ever sat in a church for a long time that basically was a dead church, you probably didn't get a whole lot because if the head is dead, you are going to stay. So you can't stay in a church where the minister doesn't even believe in the power of the Holy Ghost and hope to operate in the power of the Holy Ghost. And you're going every week and sitting there every week and nothing's happening and you're not happening. You're not growing. You're not. Why is that? Because you're under the wrong head. Only what comes on the head. That's why you got to be careful. You don't want to go to a church and I'm not not saying negative things. I'm just showing you, all right, this morning. And you got a pastor up there who's been divorced two times and just got remarried, how many know you don't want to be under that? Are you following me? You don't want to be under that anointing, goodness sake, it's hard enough. Come on now. It's hard enough, but the anointing that comes on the head is what flows down to the body. So if you want to be under someone, basically, who teaches the power of God, then you need to be under somebody. If you want to deal in signs, wonders, and miracles, you need to be under somebody. If you believe in laying hands on the sick, then be under somebody who believes in laying hands on the sick. Why is that? Because the anointing always comes upon who? Comes upon the head. So, local churches, there's a lot of churches out there that have one head and a board that runs the head. How I many know that doesn't work? I mean, when I first got in the ministry, we were in a ministry about a year and a half, and some church came to me and said, Hey, you know, we've heard about you and we'd like you to come to our church. It was a denominational church here in Fort Pierce. And it was an established church. They had a building. They had over 200 people. They had all this stuff. The salary was six figures. How I many know that's tempting? You know, I'm not interested salary's a hundred thousand i'm interested i think the lord just spoke to me i think i heard from the lord no and so i went there and i did an interview and they had what do you believe about this what you believe about that What you believe about this so i filled the paperwork out handed it in they called me about a week later and they said uh, we'd really like to have you as pastor but there's a few things we need to go over i said what's that so i went in there and i had of course i had healing do you believe in healing no i believe in divine health And, of course, they well, you know, God heals. Sometimes God doesn't. Sometimes God teaches you. And if you're going to be here since we're the head and you're the, you're going to have to. I mean, no, that'll stop your anointing. If you can only teach what they want you to teach. So naturally, I didn't even think about that. I I ran out of there. Say ran out of there. I didn't constantly say thank you very much for the interview. I got out of there. Do you understand? Because that wasn't the thing bless God. So basically there's one head. There's people who speak in that head's life. There's people who head that head. But there's only one head in the anointing There's always poured upon who? The head. Alright, let's take it. Mm-mm. Do I got to go there? Got to go there, Lorna? Then we got to take it down to the family, don't we? One of the biggest problems with the church is the oil's not on the head. We men better wake up. See? You wonder why your family's a mess is because you're the head, and what's running down on you is running down on them, and you a mess, basically. No, you're, you're the man of the house. You are the head, and whatever comes upon you, you feed into your family, you instruct your family, you teach your family, you do this stuff. I mean, if you're not interested in God at all, it's very hard. So what has happened? The women have had to step up, thank God, thank God. But sometimes then they get in a position to where it carries over into the natural realm. And not only are they ahead in the spirit realm, but since they're there and it's doing very well, they want to do it in the natural realm. Come on now. And now we're going to get bossy. We're going to tell him what to do. Praise God. Because I am the boss right now. Come on now. I don't know why I'm going here. This ain't in my notes. I didn't want to go here this morning. I didn't want to go here, but you forced me to go here. So this is your fault. See, it doesn't work that way. You wonder why your kids are messed up because you got one dad who's got 14 girlfriends who's each got a kid, and no kid knows what to do because they got no anointing coming down from anywhere, and their head's all over the place, praise God. It don't work that way. Man, we got a responsibility. You got an awesome responsibility. I got a responsibility now as a grandparent. First thing I did when I go hold that baby, I told her she had a destiny in God. She's got a purpose, praise God. She's going to fulfill that thing, and, and maybe, you know, she might. But I know she was getting it. Yeah, I saw her toe tap every now and then and she was understanding <laughs> what was going on. But it's important, do you understand? The head is important, praise God. And when the church, one of the revivals the church needs to have is among the men. Oh, wow. 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 I better move on here, praise God. I'm <laughs> <in the trouble. laughs> so it's important, isn't it? It's important that we men do that and we pass down and we help our wives are looking for instruction most of the time unless you're doing so bad that they got to go over you to start making all the decisions, do everything else. And you don't want to do that, praise God, because it's going to end up in a mess because that's not the way God designed the anointing of God. Moving right along. All right, Exodus 29, go to verse 21. There goes half the TV audience. (laughs) Turn that man off. All right, Exodus 29, look at verse 21. And thou shalt take of the blood that is upon the altar of the anointing oil, and sprinkle it upon Aaron, and upon his garments, and upon his sons, and upon his garments of his sons with him, and he shall be hallowed, and his garments, and his sons, and his sons' garments with him. All right, this is, might be one of the most important points about the anointing of God. Once again, the Old Testament is a type and shadow. So here we see Aaron, who was a priest. How many know that you're a priest? Yeah. Here it's talking about the blood. How many know it's talking about the bloods of bull and goats, but we talk about God blood in the New Testament. It talks about his garments that we had on, but we've got the robe of righteousness on us, praise God. So once again, it's a type and shadow, and the anointing oil is along with the Holy Ghost oil anointing that we have today. Notice, the blood and the oil always go together. The blood and the oil always go together. Now, what do I mean by that? I mean that the anointing in your life will only be effective when you know what the blood has supplied. Always follows the blood. So when you find that the blood provided something for you and you believe it, that anointing that you have goes to work to fulfill that in your life because it's already been bought by the blood. Are you following me? So you've got to know, that's why it's so important, you've got to know what the blood has provided. And people are out there, and if they want to do it, that's fine. You know, I cover you in the blood, and I cover you in the blood, and I do this from the blood, and I apply the blood. You can't apply the blood if you don't want the blood provided for the anointing to do to begin with. Are you following me? You can apply it all you want, but they don't even know what it's applied for. They don't even know what it provided for them. So how can they do anything with it? They can't. But when I find out that that healing's mine, when I find out that prosperity's mine, when I find out the anointing's mine, and I believe that it was provided by the blood, and I believe that, praise God, what happens? The anointing goes to work, and now I'm walking in anointing, I'm walking in health, and I'm walking in power, and I'm walking in prosperity. Why? Because it always follows the blood. Say the anointing. Anointing. Always follows the the blood. That's why David said, forget not all these benefits. He has forgiven all your sin. He has healed all your disease. He has saved your life from destruction and crowned you with loving kindness and tender mercies. Because if I remember those things, the anointing of God allows me to live in there, praise God. Not guilty, I'm forgiven, not sick, I'm healed, praise God. Now I'm not in destruction, I'm a winner, praise God. I'm a conqueror on the other end. It's allowing you to do that. But if you do not know what the blood has provided and if you go through the bible you're going to find out righteousness was provided by the blood justification was supplied by the blood you were made nigh to christ by the blood you were redeemed by the blood you had boldness to enter into the holiest of holies by the blood the blood gave you an identity change on the inside of you all these things will help you that's when you find out that you're a new creation in christ jesus old things have passed away and all things have become new and start to believe it all at once you start living a different lifestyle All at once it used to bother you in sin, you ain't doing no more. The temptation you had over here is gone. Why? Because you find out you're not in bondage to that anymore and the anointing in you is is defeating that thing at every turn and you can't do it. That's why if you live in a church that says you're a sinner, teaches you're unworthy, teaches you can't do nothing, teaches you have no power, there's no anointing there. Why? It's got nothing to back up. It ain't going to back up you a sinner. It can't do it. It won't do it. So the more you discover that the blood has provided, that blood and that oil go together, that blood and that anointing go together, and it starts becoming effective in your life. You cannot pour new wine into old wineskins. You can't believe you're the old creation and expect to walk in the new. You can't do that because the anointing can't help you, and you couldn't do it before you got saved. And you're not going to be able to do it after. But as soon as I say, that's right, I'm a new creation. In... Sin shall not have dominion over me anymore. I am the righteousness of God in Christ. I am holy, praise God. I am redeemed by the blood. I am justified. I can live in God's presence. How can you say that? Because I got more faith in the blood than in me. See, the blood has provided it. So at once I said, I'm righteous, I'm holy. Even after I sin, I'm still righteous and holy. I confess my sin and I'm not gonna do that anymore. Why? Because the anointing now has given me power and ability to walk in that area of my life. See, when you believe that you're a water walker, devil caster outer, Amen. healer of the sick, king and queen of God, praise God, you'll start living that way. And all at once, you won't know you. You'll go to the mirror and say, who is that in there? Praise God, I don't know who that is. Why is that? Because the anointing's now rising up on the inside of you, waiting for you to apply the blood. Look at the Old Testament. The death angel was coming around, but they applied the blood to the doorpost and it had to pass. Over. See, so as long as you're walking in the anointing, you know what it provided? Sickness have to pass over you. Lack will have to pass over you. Fear will have to go around your house, praise God. Worry won't come into your house anymore because you applied the blood and the anointing there. The, basically, the blood is the entrance to the anointing. It'll allow the anointing to operate in your life. It'll allow it to flow in your life. You can live in peace and joy every day for the rest of your life Amen. if you simply do what the Bible tells you to do. Well, I'm starting to get worried. What am I gonna do? Oh, I'm gonna cast all my cares upon him because he cares for me. Praise God. I'm not gonna be anxious for anything but in prayer, supplication, with thanksgiving, and to make my request made known to God in the peace of God that passes all understanding. What's happening? I'm hooking up with it, do you see? And that anointing's going to work in your life. You choose to be a lover and that anointing will have to go to work. Say so it'll have to go to work. Because, I mean, you can't walk in love. You can make a willing decision, but I'm going to walk in love today. And after about 15 minutes, you'll be making it again. Yes. Because without the ability of God on the inside of you to do it, it's not going to work. It takes a long time to say, I'm not going to fear anymore. It takes a while to break down. I'm not going to worry all day long. Because some of us worry 23 hours a day. Well, praise God, if you start applying the blood and applying the anointing to that, maybe you only worry 21 hours the next day. Wouldn't that be great? And then 18, and then get it down to 15. But you don't have to do that stuff anymore. You have been set free and delivered from that stuff, praise God. So you have it. So I know what the blood provided. Since it provided that basically then, now I can flow in it because the anointing has been released when I apply the blood. All right, go to Exodus 30. Are you getting anything this morning? Yes. Exodus chapter 30, look at verse 31. And thou shalt speak into the children of Israel, saying, This shall be a holy anointing oil unto me throughout how many generations? All generations. So here's something about the oil here. The anointing is holy. Say, The anointing is holy. Now we know that also because Jesus was anointed with the Holy Ghost and with power. So the anointing Jesus had had to be a holy anointing. So what does that mean? That means when we flow in the anointing, no matter what we're doing, whether we're preaching or laying hands or doing whatever, that is a holy thing that is going on. Something that's taking place. When people get touched and they fall on the floor, that is a holy thing. When people shake under the power, when they laugh, that is a holy thing. All these things are holy things. Sometimes it gets tough when you're in a place that does it all the time because it becomes normal or natural or you're overlooking it and you start laying hands on people and half the people get up and walk out the back door and all this kind of stuff. Whenever I was in a church service where they were doing that stuff, I was there, I was watching. You know what I mean? I was in it. I don't care if I was up front or not. I was in it. I wanted to see how he did that and what he did there and, and how he did that and how that person fell and why did that person fall? And over here, now, I was studying what I studied. The guy was flowing in the anointing. The best way I could figure out how to flow in the anointing was watch somebody who was flowing in the... Anointing. Yes. No brainer. It's a no-brainer. So I just watch people. I watch what they did. And I always thought that it might be holy. That's why if you're walking up here and somebody's, you know, operating the power of God and they point to you and call you out and people don't want to come up, how many know they missed a holy calling? See? Well, I just don't feel coming up like like now. I didn't ask you if you felt. I told you to get up here. And why did I tell you? Because there was a holy tug on me to put that person up here because God had something for them. Beep, 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 beep. Red light special. But no, I ain't gonna do that because they're falling down, and that one's laughing, and I don't like to laugh, and that one's crying, and I don't like to cry either. I guess I just don't like to do anything at this point. But all this stuff is holy. Do you understand this? God is doing something holy by the anointing of God, and he wants everybody to participate in it. Praise God. All right, look at verse 32. Upon man's flesh shall it not be poured, neither shall you make another like it after the composition of it. It is once again holy and shall be holy to all others. Now notice what it says here. It says, you shall not make another like it. Say, I should not make another like it. What does that mean? You should not copy it or fake it. You shouldn't fake it, you know. People in the old days, they put earplugs in their ear and had prayer cards made out, and the person in the back was saying, this person's crippled. Once they'd say, I see you're crippled. And they'll say, well, they got crippled in this way. What were they doing? They were faking the anointing of God and the word of God. And basically all that does is make you popular, you get you money. Well, you're in, the, you're in the wrong direction right off the bat. How many of you know that? So it's more, there are, there are preachers who I've seen who have the basic uh, heavy hand. You know what I mean by that? Somebody comes up front and say, all right. There they go. God hit them. They say, no, you pushed me down. <laughs> now notice, why would you do that? Why would you lay hands on people and push them real hard so that they fell down? because you don't believe in what you got if you believe in what you got then what you got will either knock them down or not knock them down and if it knocks them down it does if it don't knock them down you don't but it's not up to me whether they fall or not because i got the ability and i'm allowing god to do what god wants to do so if you walk up to somebody knock them down you point to somebody and they fall down on the power it's got little or nothing to do with you anyway do you see but this anointing how many you know it's something everybody wants who's really been born again some, pimp, some people will do whatever they can and to flow in the anointing of god a lot of times when you're dealing healing and all that kind of stuff god will lead you in the direction that you're most efficient in you you follow me and you've got people you know like Smith Walesworth who operated in the anointing of God and they operated wild these people were wild you watch a film of these things you'll never want to operate the anointing of God again praise God I mean he'd walk up to people and say what's your problem they'd say cancer in the stomach he says good bang just punch them real hard in the stomach they'd fall down on the ground spit some green stuff up off the floor and lay there like they're dead he'd move to the next one and the people would say she's dead he'd say he's healed dead healed and pretty soon the person would get up, cancer-free. Now, how many of you, know, you don't do that without adult supervision? <laughs> See, you don't want to copy that. Well, that's what Smith does, and that's the anointing. So you're going to punch somebody in the stomach, and I guarantee you, you better knock them down, especially if they're big. Because you're going to get punched right back in the face before it's over with. So you can't do that, but you can watch how they listen, how they flow, what they do. But God will have you do different things with the anointing of God. Praise God. How many know Jesus spit, made mud, and wiped it on people's eyes? (laughs) Think about that. You're blind. Once you hear, you're going. And people said, no, Jesus is nice. He went. I'll tell you what, over there, I've been there. You can't and make mud you gotta spit brother right you gotta wind that thing up a while so you can't tell me the blind man didn't know he was spitting, and he had to be thinking what happening he puts mud on his eyes how many know he was operating in the anointing at that time he didn't do that to every blind man but he was just following the spirit of god on the inside of him listening for the voice of it so hallelujah you can't copy it say you can't copy it That's why if the power of God hits this place, we lay hands, people are touched all over the place, changed, whatever. It doesn't mean you've got to sit in the same seat next week. (laughs) What was those five songs we did? Let's do those same five in the same order. No, it doesn't work that way. The The anointing is different all the time, man. It changes. That's what's so good about it. It's not the same, thank God. It's always different, always changes. All right, praise God. Look at verse 33. Whosoever compoundeth any like it, and whosoever puts any of it upon a stranger shall be cut off from his people. Say stranger. stranger. Say it again, stranger. 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 All right, now there's, there's places that I used to go and still do go where people will lay hands on me. I expect to get an impartation, but the anointing that you have basically will be activated by the person that you're under. You understand? There'll be an impartation there, and there'll be how's the best way to get in the anointing and flow in the anointing? Get under someone who's flowing in it or in it, and stay with them. Say, stay with them. them. See? No, everyone wants to go church here for two months, church there for two months, church here for two months. Well, you're going to learn something, and you're going to be confused because that person's probably teaching something else, and this one don't even believe in what the other one's taught about, and and you won't know which way to go. But notice, remember Elijah and uh, Elijah and Elijah. What happened here? He, he's walking along, and he's following him everywhere he goes. And, praise God, he gets to Gilgal, and he says, hey, just stay here. Stay. I ain't going anywhere. He said, I'm going to follow you, bless God, to the very end. He gets up to Bethel. He says, hey, I just want you to st- just stay right here. That's, no, I ain't going anywhere. I'm going to follow you. I see what you got. I know what you got. I want some of what you got. I want to grow in that. I want to go to the next place, Jordan. Gets to the Jordan, and they get to the water, to the cloak, and it parts. And then he says, stay there. And he came right along. He wouldn't give up. Do you see that? He stayed with him. Why? He was following him because he knew he had something. And then the prophet was about to go up. And what did he ask for? Could you? I would like a double portion of what you have. Now watch what the prophet says. He doesn't say that's impossible. He said that's a hard thing. Because he knew the anointing he had could provide it. But the natural, it's hard to give somebody double when you only got single. So what did he want? He wanted a double a portion of that anointing. So what happened? He goes up. The Bible says the mantle fell on him. How many know he got a double portion? Praise God. Hallelujah. This is the anointing. Say the anointing. anointing. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So the anointing falls upon him. You know the first thing he did? Ran right back to Jordan with his coat and did the same thing that he saw the man before him. Are you following me? So he stepped right into his anointing, but there was more anointing on him to go beyond even the person that he was sitting under. And everybody who's a true person of God wants everybody to receive what God has given them plus. Well, that person on the second row there is getting a little more spiritual than me and everybody likes them better. I better just put them back in their place. Yeah, maybe your place is to put them up and you sit down. Come on, do you see what I mean? If you really got a true heart and you're for the things of God and the kingdom of God, you want people not only to run where you ran, but you want them to run beyond because they got more revelation than you do. You got all you got. You threw it all out there, praise God. Now they got some more to go on top of that and operate in the things of God. So basically, that's why God created bodies. You know what I mean? So people could be there, and we've got people who come here for a while, then go here, then go there. And I mean you talk to them. You talk to them a couple of years later, and how's things going? Well, I'm just so sick and we're so broke, and I don't know what's going on. God ain't doing nothing for me, and I don't know what's the matter with God. God used to be. And the way they're talking, you're going, oh my God, what happened? They lost everything that I even tried to give them at that time. It's like screeching on a screech board someplace. You said, My God, if you not backslid, you back ran, praise God almost my just... good. <laughs> And then they get in trouble, and guess who they call? Yeah. Hey, we, we hate you, everything you do in your church, but could you come pray for my child? And you say yes, because I got something, praise God, for you. So you just go and you do it. I mean, no, that's just a opportunity for you to lose your anointing for a little bit. Oh, yeah, I'll be right over. I ain't going over there, I'll tell you. That right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, they no, you, you just got you, see? That's not the way it is. Praise God. So you want to keep growing. You want to keep learning. You want to keep studying. You want to keep. There's always. How many know this never ends? Yeah. So you don't want to put it on a stranger. You don't want to put it on every Tom, Dick, and Harry that comes along. A lot of people would go places thinking just one, one, one dabble. Do you? You know what I mean? Pray for me, and I'll just go be a spiritual giant. It don't work that way. You get impartation, but you still got to have character. You still got to learn how to operate in what you get. There's nothing wrong with an impartation from several different people. But if you're going to learn and be under something, you have to stay under that. Or many times you're going to end up confused, praise God. Now, there are churches also that basically have a, a, a salvation and you're saved. And that's good. That's their calling. They're getting people saved left and right. But how many of those people can't stay there 40 years? You can only go down to the altar so many times. What are you doing getting saved? How many times you done it? 462 times now. But nobody told them to go beyond that. Do you see what I mean? So they got a heart for God. They want to go to God. They want to get saved. They're getting saved and saved and saved and saved. And then taught they're a sinner, so they sin. Then they get saved. And it doesn't work that way. See, God wants you to grow. Grow up and beyond, praise God. All right, let's go to verse, where are we? Let's go to verse 35. And thou shall make it a perfume a confection after the art of apiquary tempered together pure and holy once again it's talking about the anointing say the anointing (laughs) notice it says the anointing is like a perfume say a perfume now i've been in meetings before and we've had a couple basically to where people smelled roses or smelled this what is that that was the anointing of perfume basically it's not for you basically it's the anointing when you operate it is a perfume to god because you're operating in it but this anointing before you is an attracting element this is why you have a lot of preachers fall. Because the more anointed they get, the more attractive they are. Come on now. And the more better compliments they get and, and how wonderful they are. And you're just great. And you're just, oh, you're just so super. And maybe their wife's gone through this about the whole ministry right now. And all at once, because of that perfume that is drawn. That's why if you're a young girl and you're not married... But you are in the things of God. You are attractive, not only to other Christians. You're attractive to boneheads out there. Come on now. What, you see some people, they're on fire for God. They're gone with God. They're preaching. They're on fire. And you think, my gosh. And they end up getting married and your whole life falls apart. Why is that? Because they attracted the wrong one. And you've got you to understand what you're attracting better have a little bit of perfume on them too. Come on now. So why you can't. Everybody comes along and says one sweet thing to you. That's not it. First question is, where do you go to church? Yep. What do you believe in? How long have you been a Christian? How about this? Do you have a job? <laughs> well, I'm living at Mom's and doing pretty good right now. Living with Dad and living with everybody. I've got no job, no money, 50 cents in my wallet, but I love you. <laughs> see what i mean it's a perfume it draws people and many ministers get caught in that and end up with their secretaries or end up with this why because they don't understand how important that anointing is to them you'd never do that it don't matter what anybody says as long as you know how important it is and you don't want that anointing anything taken from your life because you depend on it so it's a perfume say a perfume, perfume. hallelujah look at verse 36 gotta watch the timer would go to five o'clock today verse 36 and thou shalt beat Some of it very small and put it before thee as a testimony in the tabernacle of the congregation where I will meet with thee and it shall be unto you a most holy anointing. This is talking about when you're living in the anointing, you have special times with God. Sometimes it takes a corporate anointing if you've had a tough week to kick you back over into where you can once again fellowship with God and spend time with God and you can meet with God in morning service. You can meet with God driving down the road. You can meet with God in your prayer time, but you need this anointing in order to really meet with God. Do you know what I mean? Rather than just go through a bunch of prayers that you're faking or whatever and you're trying to make some kind of connection or whatever, but this will hook you up to a place to where you're meeting with God. You're with God now. You're hearing God. You're understanding God. You're being with God. And it's in this place. Place, at least for me a lot of times where God talks to me you know where, God, where I can hear God speak to me not audibly but in here how many of you got to get a little bit quiet every now and then if you want to hear from God Amen. you can't be talking 23 hours and 52 minutes a day and expect to hear from God it's not going to work that time you're thinking you're spending time with him you're in his word he's speaking to you he's showing you things and I found out this <laughs> the more people actually hear from God the more they talk about hearing from God with others So in other words, if you're hearing from God all the time, when you finally say something, it's an impact statement. See, it's not, well, God told me this, and I talked to God yesterday, and he told me that. And you know what God told me the day before? He told me this, and he told me that, and God told me to do this. And he told me about you, and he told me, and God told me this. And most of the time, they probably haven't heard from God because they're hearing way too, God don't speak that often, praise God. (laughs) Come on now, you see? So he'll speak one word that'll impact your day. May not be a big, long sentence. It may just be love. You say, oh, geez, I hate that word, but there it is. So what are you going to do? And it's there. And every time something comes up, that you, love comes up, and love comes up, and love comes up. And what do you, he only spoke one word in that intimate time. And you didn't have to go around telling, God spoke to me, love today. You know what he spoke to me today? It's love today. He spoke to me, love today, God. And thus says the Lord, love, 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 love. No, you don't have to do that if you're hearing from God. When you hear from God, God basically will give that to you, sometimes for yourself or sometimes to use in somebody. You'd be surprised how many times you hear a word from God, then you run into somebody who needed the word he gave you. And you start to think, was that for me at all? Maybe he just gave it for me to give to them. It don't even mean anything for me, but it means something for you too. How many of you know that? So you need to get in that place. The anointing, when the anointing is there, it'll do that. When you get slain in the spirit on the floor, most of the time, you don't care what your hair looks like. You don't care what your shoes, whether they match. You don't care. You're just laying down there, pray God, and you are in la, la land, glory to God. And God is speaking to you. God is talking to you. God wants to show to you. And many people get up, take two steps, fall down. My God, stay on the floor. You've been stressed out for six days. Take a couple hours and lay there. If you need help to get up, don't get up. It's obvious that he's not done for God's sakes. Dear Lord Jesus. Like people are in a hurry to do this. No, praise God. Just relax. Take a break for a little bit. Let God speak. Let him go on. Let him show you. Let him feel. Let him do all those things and enjoy it. Praise God. Hallelujah. All right, where are we? Let's go to verse 37. And as for the perfume which thou shalt make, you shall not make to yourselves according to the composition thereof. You shall be unto holy for the Lord. Say, make to yourself. All right, this tells you that the anointing is not for your personal gain. This is not for you to get rich. This is not for you to control people. Oh, the word of God just hit me. I see it. Let's see, who's the richest one in here? Who's got the most money in here? Uh, this guy over here has probably got a bunch of money. He looks like he's got a ton of money here. The Lord would say that God says, if you sow $3,000 in the offering today, today, the anointing of God will hit you in your ministry and you will go long places. <laughs> Come on, what are, you, what are you doing? You know what you're doing. You're faking the anointing to try to get some money out of somebody. And you know most people, it works. You know, we used to go to churches, we used to do pledges. You need to pledge $5,000, and even if you can't afford it, don't worry, God will provide. And I'm going to stand up and say, he'll provide for you if you quit asking for money from everybody. Come on now. If they believe so much in God, why don't they just believe God for it? Why don't they make you go in debt, $5,000, and give them a payment plan? Come on now. That's not God's work. And it is sometimes. There is a payment plan. Well, you had to give a couple hundred dollars to them, and now how you know they go home and they're busting their hind end, and they can't make the payment. Then they go into guilt and condemnation, and they feel bad because they pledged five thousand dollars, they got the money, and they ain't coming in, so they quit eating and they quit. I mean, dear Lord, that's not God. My God, come on, people. So you've got to be smarter in those things. You've got to be able to recognize the anointing when the anointing's really there or when somebody's supposed to do something, praise God, or trying to get something or to make a name for themselves. Yeah. You know, everybody wants to use the anointing to make a name for yourself, praise God. You don't have to do that. You've just got to operate in what God has given you to operate it, stay within the confines of it, walk in love and peace and joy, and it will work for you, praise God. Hallelujah. All right, let me just give you these statements yet. Oil in the Old Testament. Say oil in, Old Testament. oil in the Old Testament. All right, one thing it was used for in the Old Testament a lot for the people was cosmetics. They used it for makeup. They used it for body lotion. They used it to beautify. How many of you know when somebody's walking in the anointing of God, they look a lot better than when they're not? Come on, there's not worry. They're not stressed out. They're not freaking out. No, they're happy. They got the big puffy cheeks. They're smiling. They're doing things. What is that cosmetic? Do you see? Just like in the Old Testament. Number two, medicine. Say medicine. Medicine. Several scriptures where somebody got hurt, what do they do? They poured in the oil, poured in the wine to take care of it. Same thing, the anointing deals with basically healing and health. It's there to keep you healthy, it's here to make you healing. The anointing will break whatever yoke comes in your life if you put more faith in the anointing than you do in the bondage. Number three, it was light. They used it in their lamps. They put it in, they turned it up, light. When you're in the anointing of God, reading the Bible is an exciting adventure because you're getting revelation faster sometimes and you can even deal with it. If you stepped out of the anointing, you will know. You'll read the Bible, and it is like a closed book, praise God. Can't get nothing, can't hear nothing, can't do nothing. Now, there are times when you're dry that that works out, but most of the time, basically, if you're in anointing, you will get something out of it. And the last one, it was for oil to keep your skin. How many ladies put oil on your skin to keep it real nice and smooth? So what does the oil of the Holy Ghost? do? It keeps you from drying out. Ever seen a dried-out Christian? You're thinking oil, God oil. Oil. You promised me that it would, oil would come upon me and overflow. Get some over there somehow and help that poor person. They're all dried out, praise God. And people have taught, you know, if you stay in the Word, 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 with no anointing, you'll dry out. If you stay in the anointing, 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 you'll blow up. So you need the Word and the anointing balanced out. And what we do, you'll operate in the things of God who showed you more things that the blood basically has provided for you. Say, thank God, thank God. for the anointing.